Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April 14, and our chapter reading for today is 2 Kings chapter 1. Now, as you will recall, I shared with you at the beginning of our journey through the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material that in the Hebrew division of the Bible, you have the Samuel Kings and Chronicles all in just three books. It was only in the Septuagint translation, that is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures that was done in Alexandria, Egypt, over a couple hundred years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that they divided up the books of Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles into two books each. Now, the translators did that to make it easy on themselves. Frankly, I'm glad that they did because it's easier to reference. You don't have as much material in one book to sift through, and the chapter and verse divisions that came along in the 1200s and the 1500s, 13th and 16th centuries respectively, have even made it easier. We can find references easier and we can also teach the references to others easier. And so I'm so glad that they did that. But you can see in First and Second Kings where Second Kings picks up is midway through the life of Ahaziah. You can see that because there is no break there, naturally, but the Septuagint translators just put this break there, and I think it probably had something to do with the death of Jehoshaphat more than the reign of Ahaziah because of the importance of Jehoshaphat. So we pick up on the storyline. Of course, the kings of the north were just ungodly men, and they followed in the foot steps of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and then after Ahab married Jezebel, and she brought from Tyre and Sidon, Tyre and Sidon, all of the gods of Baal, and she was a advocate, and uh, she was somewhat evangelistic, we would say, about the system of gods that she worshipped. She did not pay homage whatsoever to the God of Israel, Yah. And so that brought about the confrontation on Mount Carmel that we looked at in 1 Kings chapter 18. And so now we're in 2 Kings chapter 1. The scripture says, Now Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Ahab, even though he was very wicked, he was a powerful king. He kept everyone in line. But after his death, the sons that followed him were not as strong as he was. And it's like in these ancient kingdoms when one strong king would die, they would look to see if the next successor, the one in line after that strong king, would be anywhere like him. So that was not the case, and so they bolted. And you had Moab as a strong kingdom. They were across the Jordan River, and, and even 
though the Jordan is like a, a large creek, we would call here in the States, it was a divide because you had to get across that and it was deep in places. And so you couldn't just cross everywhere. And it was uh, the banks were deep. And so you couldn't take an army over really easy. There were no bridges. There were just some fords that they went. One was not far from where Ahab would have lived at Jezreel. It's called Adam, and it would be just below Bethshan, the ancient city of Bethshan. And there actually is a border crossing there today because it was the ancient fords. And as you'll recall, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, God stopped the water and backed it up at Adam. That was a wide place, and it was a place where God said, this is where I'm going to stop the water. So it just banked up there like there was a dam, but there was no dam. This was the reason for the rebellion is simply because it was a weak king. They were on the other side of the river, and so they rebelled. The scripture goes on to say in verse 2 that Ahaziah fell through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria. Now, most of the homes in Samaria and in Judah, for that matter, and in Jerusalem were one-story homes. You had to be wealthy to have a two-story home. Many times they would have a porch, what we would call a covered patio, and they would have lattice work around that. And of course, lattice work is not strong. And Ahaziah fell through and hurt himself. Now, a king of that era in the ancient world, it didn't. It wasn't just in Israel, but all over. They didn't want anybody to know if they were sick or they were hurt because that made them. Vulnerable. They were very secretive about it, so they would seek help, but they would usually do it secretive because they didn't want anyone to know that they were sick or that they had been hurt because then they knew that they couldn't lead the army, they couldn't motivate the troops and so forth, and so it was better to keep everything hush-hush, and so... He was injured, so he sent messengers and said, Go inquire of Baal-zebub, the lord of the flies, the god of Ekron. Now, this is amazing because Beelzebub, the lord of the flies, is the same thing they accused Jesus, the same one that they accused Jesus from casting out demons by was Beelzebub, the god of Ekron. And that was kind of his headquarters in the coastal Philistine plain. So he said, Go ask and this was, remember, the God of his mother and his grandfather and all of that coastal plain. They brought this into Israel and Ahab kowtowed to it and brought it in. And it brought great harm and shame to the land of Israel, even until the day, not just that the Assyrians, but it came all the way down into Judah as well. And he wanted to send word to say to this fake God and to his messengers, tell me I'm going to get better. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed on which you have gone up, but you will surely die. And Elijah departed. And when the messengers returned to him, he said to them, 
Why have you come back? So they said to him, A man came to meet us and said to us, Go return to the king who sent you and say to him, Thus says Yahweh, thus says Hashem, thus says Adonai, the covenant God of Israel, the true and living God. Is this because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Baal Zebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed on which you have gone, but you shall surely die. Now, the storyline goes that these men were sent out and God sent Elijah said, don't let them go down there. You go and tell them there's no sense in going to Ekron. I'll tell you what's going to happen with your master. He's going to die. He's going to die in judgment because he is leading Israel, which are still my people, even though they've rebelled, even though they have separated and divided the kingdom, still they are my people, and he's leading them astray. And so then he said to them, what kind of man was this? This is Ahaziah speaking, the king. They came up to meet you and told you these words. So they said, a hairy man wearing a leather belt around his waist. Kind of sounds like John the Baptist, doesn't it? I hope you caught that because uh, the Bible says that John the Baptist was Elijah if the people would receive it because the scripture says that Elijah would come before the coming of the Lord. So there is a real play on words here and a likeness to all of this. John the Baptist later on and Elijah. And immediately when they said this was a hairy man, he this is the way he was dressed. The king said, and he said, that is referencing the king, Ahaziah, it is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent uh, to him a captain of 50 uh, with his 50 men. So he went up to him, and there he was sitting on the top of the hill. In other words, Elijah was just where they had left him. And he spoke to him, said, Man of God, the king has said, Come down. So Elijah answered and said to the captain, If I am a man of God, which he was, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven, consumed him and his 50 men. Then he sent to him another captain of 50, that is, Ahaziah sent another 50. Now, the word for fire here could have been lightning. It could have been just a lightning bolt. God struck them down. We don't know, but it was fire one way or the other, either by a bolt of lightning, which is also referred to as fire, or it could have been just fire from heaven like they came down on the altar on Mount Carmel. And so uh, Ahaziah still didn't get it. And he answered and said unto him, Man of God, thus says the king, come down quickly. So Elijah answered, and said unto him, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. So now we got a hundred men gone. Huh. Ahaziah was a slow learner. Now listen to this. And again, he sent a third captain of fifty with his fifty men. And the third captain was much smarter than any of them. Now look at this. I know it's not funny, but this really is good. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah. Smart man, very wise, and pleaded with him and said, Man of God, please let my life and the life of these my 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. What a leader. You see, he knew that the king was crazy. He knew that the king had given a bad order. He knew that the king had lost his mind and was consumed with himself, wasn't thinking about anybody but himself. But here's a good leader. 
leader, he said, now look, already we've had two captains that they knew one another, probably his friends, had already been killed with all of his 50 men. This had happened twice, and here he was. So instead of saying, come down, the king wants man of God, and let me take you the king, he went up there and uh, he got on his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him and said, man of God, please let my life and life of these 50 servants be yours and be precious in your sight. Look, fire has come down from heaven and burned up the first two captains and 50s with their 50s, but let my life now be precious in your sight. And do you know it's amazing how gracious God is? I, I'm just amazed at his grace. Uh, what a song, amazing grace. And the angel of the Lord said to him, go down with him. Now here is Elijah, a man that uh, you can count on. He's a, he's a faithful man. He's got wisdom. So you go on down with him. These other guys, they were just concerned like the king with climbing the ladder and doing the normal thing. But here was a man with wisdom. So he arose and went down with him to the king. Then he said to him, thus says the Lord, because he said to the king, this is Elijah. Now this is the same Elijah now that was on Mount Carmel that we just talked about yesterday in the podcast that you remember when sat under a juniper tree and said, God, kill me. Jezebel doesn't like me. She's going to get me. God, protect me from that woman, all this kind of thing. And now here he is, bold as a lion again. You see, God can give a man a second chance once he messes up. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you can fail and God will give you a second chance, a third chance, a 50th chance? And this is what happened. And the angel of the Lord said, go down with him. So he went down. He said, King? Thus says the Lord, because you have sent messengers to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there's no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore, you shall not come down from this bed on which you've gone up, but you'll surely die. And look at the next sentence. So died. Now, it just has a reference. doesn't even mention his name. If you'll notice, that's in italics. Ahaziah is in italics. And so he says, but you shall surely die and died. So died. Died. I mean, his name, it happened so quickly, his name wasn't even called. So died. It's like God saying amen to what Elijah said. According to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken. Elijah obeyed God, and God said to Elijah, you tell him this is going to happen. Elijah went and faithfully proclaimed the word of God, and God said, Amen. God said, Amon. That's the word for faithful. Confirmation. So died. God said amen to all of that, according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken. Because he had no son, Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And so God said, that's enough. You see, even with the wicked... God says enough is enough. Now, God's very merciful with everyone. He's merciful with his own children, those who follow him. But God's going to only let the wicked go so long, and then he's going to reign them in. Aren't you glad that God's in control? And so it just says in verse 18, now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? And so another chapter is closed. God has the final say. He always has, and he always will. Elijah the Tishbite, the man of God, is back. For on the way, this is Tony Crisp.
Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.